1: Jordan Marshall, Dylan Weissman, and Mike Lazer. Ah, now we're back. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We're at episode 112 of the Mastering Mitzvahs podcast. And there's different faces here today. It's usually all guys, so we're mixing it up. Two beautiful ladies. We've got Jamie Perez here. Uh, our event extraordinaire and sherry pine hi sherry
2: hi
1: so sherry is a client of ours that just had a party last weekend jamie's here since she helped coordinate the event and this was a disney themed party at benay and it was outrageous um and i could see you sitting by all of your uh not all some of your centerpieces and props um how did you, Sherry, how did you even come to this theme? I assume you guys are big Disney buffs.
2: Yes, we're huge Disney fans. We've been going, Lex has been going to Disney World since she's literally four months old. And we go twice a year. My parents live in Florida, so it makes it easy. And um, she's a huge, huge Snow White fan since since she could speak. So.
1: so did you kind of always know this was going to be a Disney theme?
2: Yes, yes, I did. And my older daughter, actually, she had a similar theme, but she drew her own sensor pieces. So it was Sammy's art of animation, but it was Disney themes based.
1: Right. And we were honored to do that party as yes. well. Yes. Um, we have so much to talk about. So we have, we have about 30 minutes when we do a podcast and there's so much to talk about, but I started with the theme purposely because I, I'm a big believer that there should be a theme to all parties. And sometimes people say it's just my name or just colors, but your theme came to life. And it was through a process of just creation and, and, and passion really for the theme. Um, Jamie, you were involved in that. So I'm gonna ask you like, uh, obviously Sherry and her husband Mike knew from the beginning it was gonna be Disney, but how did you guys start the process and come up with like what elements would be involved in the party?
0: So one of the main, I don't wanna say challenges, but maybe challenges was making sure that it was different from Sammy's event. Cause as we said, Sammy's was also Disney theme. So we were like, how can we be Disney, but be completely different? And Sherry definitely touched on it where Sammy's was all about, you know, more like the fine arts and she created all the art around the room, which was spectacular and fantastic, especially considering she was 13 at the time. So this one was definitely more character and theme park based. So that's definitely where we started the process for sure.
1: And and Sherry, did you go in like with preconceived ideas of what you want to do? This time, a first and second party for a family is very different. So let's just focus on Lexa's party, uh, you know, and and what were your preconceived thoughts? Right.
2: So again, I didn't want to make it any similar to the other ones, but Lexa wanted a Disney theme. So we said, let's focus on the theme park, Magic Kingdom. So we decided to do it based on the rides. And then we decided, oh, let's find some things that, represent the rides so my mom actually she's very creative she said why don't we get art that has something to do with each ride and then we decided then we got I got Kim involved and um she thought I was a little bit crazy to get fine (laughs) art and actually that's what we did we got um Thomas um, Kincaid art actually this is the one that represented the haunted mansion and then she made it come to life with adding I don't know if you could see but yeah um, hold it up for us all the different things go. if you're familiar with the Haunted Mansion um in in the Magic Kingdom it has the growing When you walk in is the growing um room and um those are the pictures from that this is the crystal ball while you're on the ride and when you're waiting online for the ride these are the uh she represents the cemetery the uh and then the rose and then the uh, back it, and then the I, back of each go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to say, we got to shout out Kim. You mentioned Kim, but Kim is from Marquee floral uh, and she's brilliant with her theming and design. Now is, she, is she really into Disney also, or did you kind of guide her with some of these um, extra elements?
2: Actually, I basically told them what to do. <laughs> okay.
1: uh,
2: they were not, not familiar with the, um, the actual rides so i gave them the pictures and i told them exactly what i would want uh they actually they brought it to life but i told them uh, i like the growing picture the growing picture when you walk in i said um um the ghosts and um so basically they knew it uh, from from my direction, I'm a little bit of a micromanager, uh, so. Uh, but I think it was helpful to them because they appreciated it because then they knew exactly what I wanted.
1: Well, so, I'll, I'll tell you as a DJ, and I was your DJ day of. Jordan was the MC uh, for those listeners. As a DJ, I appreciate the detail, knowing in advance what the expectations are, because you and your family had very thorough details on what you expected, and. I'm saying this in the kindest of all ways. I appreciated that because we knew what to expect. And, and Jamie is a heck of a detailed coordinator also. So um, Jamie and I spent some time on, uh, you know, during the week leading up to the party saying, Mike, these are the order of things that are expected. And it was easy to follow. Um, you know, sometimes we get uh, scatterbrain clients that are, you know, they're in their mind, they're expecting one thing, but they can't vocalize it. So you did a very nice job of doing that. Oh, uh, I also want to get one quick tip for those that are watching and listening. Those centerpieces are amazing. Um, but what I think Kim did, which was so nice was elevate them up higher. So yes. guests can still have conversations at table level. Otherwise you would have had a, you know, a blockade across the table where conversations couldn't happen. So
2: exactly. That's what we were trying. I, right. We spoke about that. So she had the see-through vases and mm-hmm. they were high. So, um, exactly. Cause I don't want people, they had to speak. So uh, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see each other. Right. But Jamie was fantastic. Actually. She's always terrific with oh, coordinating really? and helping and guiding. So I want to thank her. I mean, she was, oh, she's okay. terrific.
1: She so who were your other vendors who else were, was part of this party?
2: Well, Dana by Dana, she was fantastic. I, she basically held my hand. I was a little bit annoying to her. I have to say, um, uh, she did the logo, if you see on my sweatshirt. Um, we worked on it says Lexa with the Mickey, and then the back, I could show you the back if you want.
0: I love and the then back. Down the
2: arm, we even have Mickey's, and then on the back we have this is the girl's sweatshirt with her initials it. in the middle, because Lexa was convinced that the girls wouldn't want to wear Mickey Mouse. But then at the last minute, the boy's sweatshirt is this. Um, this was the logo. We had a we had a few different logos. But I said, you know what, the boy sweatshirt looks empty. I want Mickey Mouse on it. So we took Mickey and we added, and then she added, um, Lex said, I want Air Jordans on Mickey. And Dana definitely made it come to life. And he's wearing Air Jordans. And it says Lex on the bottom, very, it's very subtle though, her name, because you don't want her name, we didn't want her name too
1: big. Right. We want the kids to wear it. Oh. Uh, let, let's talk about branding for a second. And, and Jamie, I want you to jump in for a second. There was, there was a lot going on, as you just said, Sherry, with different logos and it all tied together so well. And uh, Dana uh, from company by Dana did the logo design. Jamie, how did you see all of this falling into place? And, you know, uh, I also mentioned the TVs and how they played in as well.
0: Yeah. So as you mentioned, there was definitely a lot of graphics and it wasn't only the still images you know with some which we just saw on the swag so dad actually took a lot of those graphics and made them into um animated visuals for the tv screens which was really cool a nice added touch um but it was definitely you know a lot of mixing and matching especially when it came to the swing booth the swing booth was a lot of different added elements kind of put together to make one large Cohesive image, which was really you, cool. You,
1: you just let the secret out that I was going to talk about oh. next.
0: Eh. You jumped ahead. <laughs>
1: um, so since you let the secret out, what is a swing booth?
0: So swing booth is one of my favorites. You have an enclosure and it's all designed with your logo or your theme or your color scheme, what have you. And then there's a functional usable swing and your guests can swing on it and take pictures. And it's a lot of fun. And I, she was telling me the next day she was like, "Oh my God, the kids loved it," and really, I really enjoyed looking through the pictures. The next day it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Everybody
2: looks so awesome in the pictures.
0: know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just it just added. It looked it looked very
2: elegant, and that's what I was going after—more of like an elegant, yeah, exactly right, an elegant look with um, with a little bit of a cool Disney. We were we were trying to make Disney be cool, mm-hmm. and I think we definitely accomplished it. I agree.
1: You, you nailed it. For, for the viewers that are looking now, you should see on our screen what the swing booth is. And those that are listening on like Apple or Spotify, you can't see what we're talking about, but we'll try to describe it. And in and, and this picture, we have Lexi, uh, Lexa, excuse me, sitting on a swing that is suspended from above. And we created a three wall enclosure for the photo booth. Um, and what Dana did was incredibly put all of the different logos and elements of the art together Uh, to make this beautiful feature. What you don't see in this picture is that the floor had been logoed as well. So it was three walls and a floor. The only opening was really where you approach into the photo booth and where the photo booth, you know, faces the camera and takes the pictures. Uh, And then you've got the iconic Disney mirror in the background, you know, logoed, which is uh, happily ever, uh, It it just so well put together. Um, And I think this was a big focal point of the room. I mean, when you walked in, the centerpieces were everywhere. The DJ booth is the front of the room at B'nai Tikva and you saw the lit up pink stages, but if, as soon as you walked in, if you look left, you couldn't miss this giant eight foot by eight foot enclosure that was all illuminated. It was really fantastic.
2: It was, it was really, it added a lot to the room and it, it was fun because it was different. So uh, I, I, it was very inviting and, it looked like everyone was having a great time taking their pictures. So and, and this fun. is one
1: of the hottest trends right now with photo booths is these enclosures. Um, in some cases they're printed on hard walls, um, and they're very costly. Uh, and what we did here was we found a way to keep the cost down by printing them on vinyl banners and enclosing them nicely. And it was a fraction of the price compared to the hard wall enclosure. And, you know, uh, I, while we're in the business to make money, we also are, are very realistic, you know, uh, to spend thousands of dollars on something that gets used once is is, is tricky. So to see something that could be a little bit more realistic is, is awesome.
2: Yeah, it was beautiful. It really was.
1: Um, so I wanted to also talk about the flow of the party and some of the unique special like Disney things that we, well, we uh, brought into the party, but they were really your ideas and your husband's ideas from... Uh, you know, sound effects to, you know, special theme music for the intros and outros. Um, Jamie, why don't you just give a little insight on that?
0: So actually that was one of my, I think my favorite parts. So dad edited a nice edit for the intro, for the intro. And you could hear the characters in the back. You heard Mickey, you heard Goofy, and it was all dad. he he just took the time to like put all that together but that was one of my favorite elements honestly was the fact that that I played it during production meetings so everybody in the team could hear Uh (laughs) I, I absolutely loved that but putting everything together was really a lot of you know their vision with my kind of guidance to be like you know there was a couple things that we were like, oh, you guys had mentioned things. I can't remember what they were spot on, but I'm like, oh, well, if we tweak it and do it maybe at this point or here, it would have worked. I just saw Dylan's comment, the Festival of Fantasies, you right. had necessarily wanted it as your guests were walking in. And we were like, well, why don't we do it as your guests are sitting for their courses since it's not so high energy and we want you know the energy as guests are walking into the room. So I think it was a lot of back and forth between you know the three of us and really just making sure that everything was on point. And so right. obviously-
1: yeah, you know, that, that's a great example. And Sherry, huge thank you to you and your husband for coming up with these cool things, but giving us the creative flexibility to realize what things may or may not work. And, and the idea of guests walking into the room with the festival of fantasy theme sounded awesome at first, but then as we were walking it through in our minds, normally guests walk into a party and it's high energy and they're dancing. And the festival I... fantasy is so thematic, but it's not high energy. Exactly. So in our minds, we said, well, the grand entrance isn't going to flow the way that we want. Uh, and and Jamie, I, I actually probably did, hadn't told you this, but the edit that you had given us was maybe 10 minutes long, give or take of, you know, it might have even been longer. So I use that soundtrack at all different transition points through the night. Um, Sherry, you might have noticed or not, it was so much going on for you.
2: I noticed because I love that music and you did a great job with it.
1: Awesome. So thank you. So it, that, was, that was literally a game day decision. I knew that after that first dance set, when we were going to send everybody their seats, I was going to hit play on that. What I didn't realize is how long it was and how short of time it was for guests to just get to their seats, settle, and then we got into, you know, blessings of the bread, wine, and candle lighting. So I think we got about four or five minutes of it played then, and I literally hit pause on it, marked a cue point, and then after the candle lighting... Um, or I'm sorry, before we went into dinner, when it was time to sit everyone for dinner, you know, we played it again. And uh-huh. we played it a, a third time, I think, um, before introducing the montage. It was like the background ambient. So really cool ways to interact and add content through the night. Uh, but you know, again, thank you for giving us the flexibility there. That was really awesome. Of
2: course. I mean, I have the idea. I had some of the ideas and I gave them to you and you executed them all. So thank you. <laughs>
1: It, you know, Jamie said it best, I think before it it was the right combination of all of us working together. Um, you know, in this podcast, we try to give tips and tricks to listeners and those planning and you had all the right ideas and then you allowed us to just tweak with our experience. And very often, sadly, we have people who have never done a bar about mitzvah tell us what to do rather than listening to our advice. So we thank you again for that.
2: Oh, no, Thank you. <laughs>
1: um so what Let's other cool- experts. <laughs> you know, let me ask this question this is now your second party with us and and second you know bat mitzvah that you've thrown is there anything you would do differently
2: no i don't think so i mean jordan has a huge amount of personality he's he's fabulous um you you as the dj was an extra added uh, bonus and uh, jamie's fantastic i mean She's so personable and, uh, and, and she really wants to make the party great. Um, The swag with Dana was fantastic. I I really had nothing to complain about. I mean, everything, Evan, I was, I have to say about Evan, he is wonderful at classical caterers and B'nai He was just, he just knows his stuff. Like he's the top of the line uh, and he makes the party flow and, um, and, and Jeff, from the photographer impressions, he was fantastic. Um,
1: you haven't gotten I, your photos yet, have of, you? What? You have not gotten your photos yet, have you?
2: Uh, nothing. Well, you but, have to um, share
1: them. I know we're excited to see him.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I was a little bit tough on him in the beginning. I'm like, come on, we don't really want to take too many pictures. He's like, you want them? You need to take them. So, <laughs> uh, But um, it, it all worked out very well, and we, we're very, very pleased. It was really spectacular.
1: You know what, that, that, that moment with Jeff was actually a, an interesting thing to chat about because you, again, tips and tricks for people that are listening. We weren't sure of the start time. You know, you said it was going to start 645, maybe seven, um, right. it was all just depending on what time you guys got out of temple. And then, you know, whatever traffic situations you might've ran into from Marlboro to North Brunswick. I think you guys arrived right at seven or maybe a few minutes after, Right. Uh, so you know, talking about that, you needed an opportunity to do your photos and Jeff's an incredible professional. And he like, he got them done quickly. Like you guys came in and he was like rapid fire. We're going to do this side of the family and that side of the family and just the friends. And um, that was awesome. But it's something that you need to do. Cause I, I feel like you might've regretted if you skipped over that. You know? Of course. Um,
2: right. Definitely.
1: So, you know, that that's definitely important. And I know he was sitting there eager waiting. I mean, we were all sitting on the lounge furniture waiting for the arrival. And then we, we heard hey, the bus is pulling up. So that was, that was, uh, yeah, the,
2: the servers ran a little longer than we thought. So actually my husband, he's such a micromanager. He's, I, I handed him my phone in the middle. I'm like, just text them and tell them we're running late. He's like, I'm not allowed. I'm like, just put it. He put it in the prayer book as he <laughs> text things to tell them that we were running late, which
1: don't tell the rabbi. I
2: know.
1: <laughs>
2: but the service was well. I mean, Marlboro Jewish Center, um, they were very good. We, the rabbi actually was not there, but the cancer did a great job with my brother-in-law as the as the service. So that was another little hiccup in our uh, planning, but everything worked out well.
1: Yeah, you know, we always say that there's always a hiccup or two. Like no party ever goes 100% as scripted, um, but you roll with the punches. And that's what makes things great. Um,
2: exactly.
1: I'm going to actually share your timeline here that uh, you know, Jamie had put together. Um, and and certainly this didn't stick to the flow, you know, minute by minute. And in fact, you know, the start time of 645, we know was more like 7705 and right. you know, things adjust, but um, it, it's invisible to the guests. Um, Jamie, is there anything in particular you wanted to chat about with the timeline?
0: Um, we were just talking a little bit earlier about there were a lot of details. So I think it flowed really nicely. And I think something like this can show, you know, future potential clients, like you can do different things. Like if you look at dad's speech, you know, he needed to click because he had his own presentation. So, you know, normally we would just do everything behind the scenes, but it would have been easier for him to just click through his presentation because he knew when the next slide was appropriate. So things like that um, with specific graphics on the screen at specific times. Uh, candle number ten. We had a, a photo for Willie the dog, <laughs> who got the biggest yay, applause. Yay, Willie! Yay for <laughs> Willie! <laughs> so I think something like this is 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 beneficial for future clients to see, you know, that it, you know their vision is possible to come to life as long as you know you have a creative team that can organize it and then
1: execute it. And and there has to be reality to the timeline. Yes. Um, Within a few weeks of your party, I, I won't say who, but there was another party that it literally said, dinner and then dancing within fifteen minutes of each other, and that's just impossible. You know, it takes more than fifteen minutes to serve the food, let alone eat it. Um, oh, so yeah. this is a very realistic expectation of what the timeline was. And you know we always have the caveat whether it's written there or not, that things are going to flow, they're gonna flex, and you know we run with the punches. Um, you know we we always say book vendors and venues that know what they're doing and entrust them. And, uh, you know, the the dynamic, I mean, I, I would sh- assume that Jeff Becker has 25 plus years experience, you know, with photography, Evan running classical caterers, you know, the same explosive entertainment has been around for 17 years. Like that, that's a lot of talent in the room um, and truly goes a long way. Definitely. Sherry, what were some of the deciding factors on what venue you chose?
2: Well, I did use um, uh, the uh, classical caterers for Sammy's. Um, and actually, it's funny because I went to a wedding there when Sammy was born. And I said, I'm going to have my daughter's bat mitzvah here one day.
0: Huh.
2: <laughs> it was so, it was, and that was in 2008. I loved it. And uh, being kosher wasn't that important to us, but I feel like, a kosher caterer knows a bat mitzvah or a bar mitzvah. Sometimes you go to different venues, and they don't know really what a bar and bat mitzvah should look like. So I feel I felt like getting married in a temple in um, Long Island. I was looking for that Long Island type of uh, flow of a uh, wedding bat mitzvah. They, they, those those caterers, they always know what they're doing. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. No shortage of food, no shortage of in, like impressive items um, exactly. you know, from, their, from their dessert presentation, the cocktail hour. Everything was impressive. Um, speaking of cocktail hour, you had a live musician. Was that something that you had found and hired, or how did that come to be?
2: Yes, actually, around four years ago, Mike and I were out with a few couples in Marlboro, and we were eating at Brioso at the time, and he was one of the live singers there, and we took his card. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, yeah, and we hired him for the, for Sammy's and then I hired him immediately for Lex's right when it was over. He was fantastic. His name is Michelle O'Brenton and he was really, he, I mean, his voice is just amazing.
1: Uh-huh. He, I don't know if you guys awesome.
2: got a chance, I don't know if you got a chance to hear him, but he sings I, like I, a dream. I did.
1: So my, my memory there. Uh, I walked into your cocktail hour and here's this dude with dreadlocks. It looks yeah. like he's, he's singing like Bob Marley. Yeah. And he was singing a Mark Cohen walking in Memphis, you know, song, which, you know, I was like, how it just, the look and the voice didn't match, but it was so good. It was <laughs> so good. So, yeah, that's a great tip. You never know where you're going to be and see something you like. Grab those business cards, save them. Like, awesome.
2: Yeah. He um, was, re- yeah, he's terrific.
1: I know we talked about swag before, but I want to chat about swag one more moment because you had so much of it, and you know, I I think you did your swag very well. Um, That's something we talk about on the podcast a lot: is 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 swag, and when is too much? Maybe, Um, and you know, what's the right choices? You know, so you had sweatshirts, you had uh, pajama pants, I believe, you had big sneakers. So why don't you actually say what was there?
2: Okay, so we had a variety because my. Because Lexa said that the most important thing to a bat mitzvah is the swag. So I said, OK, well, but I don't want to go too crazy because it's not that it, it's, it, it could get very expensive. Um, we got T-shirts with um, two, three different logos on them. One said Lex, Lex the dancers wore, wore those um, Lex get hyped. The other one was just the Mickey Mouse that I showed you before. And um, the other one said Lexceptional Night. So those we threw out. I think every single kid got one of those t-shirts because I wanted to make sure that everybody got something. Um, the pajama pants that was um, that was Lexa's idea as well. Um, so we had two different two different types of pajama pants: a pink plaid one and then a black and white one, maybe for the boys. Um, that was more for the boys, I guess. But the only the other thing is that they fi- I feel like they fight a little bit over the swag. So that was. That was my big thing that I wanted to try to get enough so everybody at least got one pair of pants, a t shirt, and then I also at the end added a sweatpants, which I saw some kids tug of warring after. Mm-hmm. But, um, so that that was a tricky thing the swag because I wanted to make sure that the kids got it and not so much the adults, but then the adults grabbed it, so I, I really didn't know how to, you know. Yeah.
1: So uh, th- that's that's actually why I want to talk about it because it was a tricky el- element. And I-, I should also note, the sweatshirt that you're wearing were also wrapped up in uh, drawstring bags for the kids to take on their way yes. out, right? So every every child got a sweatshirt too.
2: So at the ends of the night, we did not put them in the cubbies because I didn't want the kids losing the sweatshirts or the bags. So at the ends of the night, Evan's staff um, distributed them. So I thought that was important because I otherwise... I feel like everything would start getting lost.
1: Absolutely. And and you also have to be conscious of your photos. Like if they were in the cubbies upon arrival, five minutes into the party, the kids would be wearing sweatshirts, which you may or may not want that as part of your photos.
2: Exactly. Um,
1: there, there was a funny moment where you and I, um, yeah. I'll say bumped heads just a, a little bit into yeah. the DJ booth and you said, don't forget, you got to give these out and these out and these out. <laughs> and my, my response back was, we got it like Uh give me a moment and and the point that i was trying to make quickly in that moment i can now explain on the podcast is we try to pace out the swag because we kind of use it as bribery really incentives on the dance floor you know when we're holding it up in the air um right that's bribery so what we didn't want to do is give everything away within the first hour and have nothing left for that last hour
2: Um, i agree right so, so those were the ears. So I also had the Mickey Mouse ears. I actually got those, some fancy ones off of Etsy. And I also gave out socks that said um, I lost my glass slipper at Lexus Bat Mitzvah. I mean, we tried to. I try to keep everything that Disney theme. And then I did get some of those, um, those slippers that look like Air Jordans, um, which we only got a few of those because those are pretty expensive.
1: They sure are. Jamie and- you've been on the dance floor at these parties a billion times like sure. what is the like what's the vibe like when you're holding these things up trying to get rid of it and you know um, Shari you and your husband were, were pretty specific that you didn't want the adults to get the swag but you know it's hard to tell that grandma who's coming over and saying I need two t-shirts for my I kid, know. like grandchild so Jamie what's what's that vibe like and how do you police that?
0: So it definitely difficult, can be difficult to police. Um, it's really you. You try to give it to. We say bribery, but it's bribery for dance floor encouragement. So if you're gonna stand there and be on your phone and like only interact with me or the other entertainers solely for swag, like no, like you came here to party to have fun. You know, follow this dancer, do whatever they're you know whatever the follow me move is. So the person who's giving me the most energy and being the best guest at this party, that's the person I want to give the swag to or the candy to or what have you. So that's kind of how I do with it. And then when it comes to giving it to adults, it really depends on what the client has already asked for. You specifically said, you know, really try to focus on the kids. Uh, Sometimes clients don't really care, but like if you don't have a lot, if I only have 10, 15 things, I'm most certainly not going to give it to an adult. That's, That's kind of, way i i try to you know police the situation it was hard it's hard though because
2: how do you tell somebody no after they already have it so (laughs) (laughs) i also had beanie little mickey and Minnie beanie babies we threw out so i I, some of the kids some of the kids got it but a lot of adults got those too so i don't understand why some adults would want things like that but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's free so they figured they can get it they'll take it
1: that it, it's such a funny thing to see. And, uh, the weekend before your party was Halloween. Um, I had done a Halloween party for kids at a country club. Um, I was by myself. I had no dancers, no MC. And I went out there I said, you know, you gotta be on the dance floor to win these things. And all of a sudden the adults are coming over. Uh-huh. Like I was giving away gold and you know, they're, they're 50 cent sunglasses that yeah. we were giving out. And well, you know, I need four of these to give to my grandchildren. I'm like, well, where are they? Well, they're in Florida why should I give them to you? You know, but we try not to be mean, but this is like what we run into. So it it is pretty funny. I, you know, I think a good tip would be um, for a family member who's planning an event, like um, you, as an example, I I know you're done with these now, but you tell the aunts and uncles, Hey, I got a private stash at home for you. Like try not to take these things from the dance floor, you know, because it's really hard for the dancers or the MC to say no in a, to a persistent guest who might have some drinks in them that's even more persistent.
2: Exactly. Oh, well, Dana was very she was very adamant about saying keep whatever you wanted at home. Keep if you want to give it to so and so, keep it at home. So I had mm-hmm. a whole bunch I, I left in a closet here, and then I showed the kids when we got home that they had stuff. And yeah. actually, I do have an I have an I have an eight-year-old, so I'm not done.
1: Oh, that's right. That's Ethan!
2: right. <laughs> yeah, you, we, well, let's not rush it. That's five more years away. Yeah. <laughs> we well, the bar mitzvahs. Now we have exactly. bar mitzvahs.
1: Um, awesome. Well, we're at the 30-minute mark here. Is there any final thing that you want to share with uh, our listeners?
2: Well, explosive entertainment is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you guys were fabulous. You did a great job. Um, I couldn't have asked for anything better. It was high energy. Everybody's still speaking about it. And I thank I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I mean it really came to life and you guys were absolutely wonderful. So thank you so much.
1: Awesome. It's our pleasure. Um, James, you want to take us home? Have you ever closed out a podcast before? No. Oh, all right. Well then what would you like to add? Next
0: time. Time. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't I, uh... right.
1: thanks, James. By anyway, Mike. <laughs> So this is episode 112. This is a really fun one. I enjoyed this. It's not often that we have guests here. Um, Sherry, thank you for your time and all the detail. Jamie, thank you for putting this party together. Um, I think it's a great example that the the coordinator doesn't always have to be at the party to decipher the information and pass it on to the right team. Um, years ago, when we were a smaller company, it was like the person that touched the party from day one was the person there that, you know, at the party. That doesn't always, it's not the case all, all the time any longer. And as long as the right elements are in place and the communication is right, it's key. Um, so thank you for all of your time and effort on, James Sherry, we'll see you in five years.
2: You got uh, it.
1: And uh, thank you. You know, what? And, and, and shout out to Willie one more time. I love that idea. You had your dog as candle number 10. And it was a fun way to break up the candle lighting too. That was really cool. Like people were into it. The crowd cheered when Willie's picture came on the screen. <laughs> So I I suggest, I guess, you know, think out of the box, have some fun. Uh, And as always, we always say, trust your vendors, which you did. And thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. So we're going to take this one home. Episode 112 of Mastering Mitzvahs Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.
2: Bye-bye.